Good morning, good morning. If you are joining us in the morning, good afternoon. If it's the afternoon, welcome. It's uh, great to be with you. Um, I am going to open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for the impartational value, Lord, as we listen to your word, as we listen to prayers, as we hear what is about to be shared. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help each one of us to go to a new level in our personal prayer lives especially with respect to praying the word. Come and fill my heart, mind, and mouth with your words for your people, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, we are resuming our prayer, our prayer series. We've had four uh, Sundays where we've looked at a prophetic word for us um, as a church uh, entitled A New Season, and we are currently going back to our prayer series, and today I will be sharing a message entitled Praying the Word, Praying the Word, and um, this is such a, uh, it's such a privilege for me to share this, this is something that I love to do, I believe that there's such power in us praying the Word, and in praying God's Word back to Him, so fasten your seatbelts, I am going to uh, dig into this uh, very quickly. So the Word of God is powerful. It's a weapon that can be used in warfare. It's an anchor for our souls. It's a foundation upon which we build our lives. Um, we are to use it as a light to direct our steps every day. It is also alive. It is active. It is creative in nature. It always accomplishes the purpose for which God sends it. Um, the Word encapsulates God's will. And to the degree that our thoughts, hearts, cries, and prayers are shaped by His Word is the degree to which our prayers will be answered because God hears and answers prayers that are in line with His will. And so praying God's Word back to Him, especially and obviously when it's applicable, is a very powerful thing to do. I love John 15 verse 7. It says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Prayer is not a magic wand that just where we get to force God's hands to do something. Um, when his words abide in us, when we abiding in him, that's when we ask what we desire and it will be done for us. And I believe that this is partly because when his word is in our hearts, when we've hidden his word in our hearts, it begins to shape us and mold us and shape our desires to match those of God. So that then the desires that we express through prayer match God's desires and match God's will. And of course, he's going to answer uh, in the affirmative to those prayers that stem from his will. 1 John 5 verse 14 to 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Such a faith-stirring scripture in terms of prayer. And the word is used, we, you, could, you find it used um, throughout scripture, Jesus uses the word in prayer when he was facing a warfare from the enemy. The early church prayed scripture. We see this in Acts 2 verse 24 to 30 where they're quoting Psalm 2. We are instructed by Paul to pick up our spiritual armor of which he describes the word of God as being the sword of the spirit in Ephesians 6. And so um, there are a lot of, there's a lot of scriptural basis for praying the word. And that is what I'm encouraging us to do today. 
And praying the word, it means using the word, the, the word of God, the Bible, the infallible word of God to inspire our prayers. And there are multiple ways in which we can use the word of God. And I'm going to be looking at a number of them today. And how my message is structured, I'm going to be looking at the word in different types of prayer. Um, and how I'll begin is giving a scriptural foundation for that type of prayer. Um, but I'm not going to belabor those points because that is not the purpose of this message. But I will give a foundation for that type of prayer to encourage us regarding that type of prayer. And then I will move on to one or two or maybe more examples where I pick a scripture or a passage of scripture and then I pray through it. And for the sake of time, for the sake of this message, I'm not actually going to read the scripture in my sermon. You will see it on the overhead if you are in the Johannesburg church. You'll see it on the overhead as I am praying it. Or you'll see it on your screen if you're watching this live or at another point in time. And so that's the structure of my message. And I would like you to tune in and say, Lord, just really, Lord, can you take me to my next level of praying the word in prayer as you listen to this? Allow yourself to be challenged to go one step further. Maybe if you haven't been using the word in prayer, to start using it more in prayer. Or if you have been using it, but only in certain aspects of your prayer, I want to encourage you to use it in more aspects of your prayer life. And so the first, let's dig right in, the first um, type of prayer that we can use the word in is praise and thanksgiving. And we love, in our Zoom prayer meetings, we love to, you, to begin our prayer meetings with praise and thanksgiving. And in my personal prayer life and our corporate um, services, gatherings, and I know in my husband's prayer, in many of our life prayer, prayer times, we love to begin with praise and thanksgiving. It's appropriate. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So we to come before him with thanksgiving. There's a protocol in the kingdom. In Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we to come and make our requests known to God. And another scripture that I'm wanting to quickly look at is Colossians 4 verse 2. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And there are many other instances in the Bible where we are instructed to give thanks, where we are instructed to bring our prayers before God with thanksgiving. And it's a very good discipline to have. And using the word in praise and thanksgiving, it literally requires choosing a portion of scripture and giving thanks using it, uh, giving praise using it as the backbone of our prayers. And for an example today, with you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use Psalm 23 and the Amplified as a portion of Scripture where we're going to I'm going to give thanks to God from this. And we, you can apply these type praying from Scriptures. You can apply these to yourself personally. You can apply it corporately. Um, but for this particular instance, I will um, I will apply it to myself personally. It could easily have applied to anything else. So you feel free to do this. And I've lumped 
thanksgiving and praise into the same title because it's you can't really it's difficult to separate the two they really do belong together we thank god for what he's done and we praise him for who he is and inevitably he does what he does because of whom he is so you can take these scriptures and you can craft a prayer of praise instead of thanksgiving um, just looking at who God is but in this particular case I've chosen to use Psalm 23 um, several verses the first six verses or so and I've crafted a prayer of thanksgiving from that so you'll see the scripture on the overhead so this is this is an example of how I can use Psalm 23 in my prayers father thank you that you are my shepherd Thank you that you continue to feed and guide and shield me. Thank you that I lack no good thing. Thank you for how you bring me into green pastures, so to speak. Thank you for how you, um, you give me stillness and rest and refreshing. Thank you for restoring my heart and my life. Thank you for healing and the healing you are bringing to my heart. Thank you for how you continue to lead me on your paths of righteousness on a daily basis, guiding me, teaching me. Thank you for how you lead me decision by decision and help me to make decisions in accordance with your will. Even when I walk through the deep dark valley of the shadow of death, Father, I thank you that I need not fear any evil, for you have promised to never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you, Lord God, for your continued protection and your continued guidance. Thank you, Lord God, for your continued comfort. Thank you for how you teach me to feast, even in the presence of my enemies. Thank you for how you teach me to rejoice and be joyful, even in the midst of warfare. Thank you for anointing me and causing my cup to run over, Lord God, so to speak. Thank you for your goodness toward me, Father. Thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning and which do not fail. Thank you for your unfailing love. Thank you that these follow me every single day of my life. Thank you that your presence will be my dwelling place for all my days. You are indeed a good shepherd. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's just taking the truth of Scripture and crafting it into a prayer of thanksgiving. And I love as I'm reading Scripture and I know there's scriptural truths and principles elsewhere in the word that fit into what I'm praying right now. I love to tie it in and let it bubble out and pray, pray all of it together. It's powerful. It must be powerful and bless God's heart. Amen. A second example here that I've chosen for us is from Psalm 18, a few verses from Psalm 18, 2 to 3 and 32 to 33, somewhere around there. So, from Psalm 18, Father, thank you that you are indeed my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Thank you that you deliver me out of difficult situations, Lord. Thank you that when you don't deliver me, Lord God, you keep me. You are my keeper, Lord God. Thank you that you, my God, are my strength. I find my strength in you. You are the God in whom I trust and you are so faithful. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you that you are my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. I will call upon you, Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I shall be saved from my enemies. Thank you that you are victorious. 
Thank you for the strength that you arm me with. Thank you that you make my way perfect, that you make my path straight, that you strengthen my ankles beneath me that they do not turn over. Thank you, Lord God, for how you make my feet like the feet of deer and cause me to walk and make progress upon my heights of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Thank you for how you set me upon my high places. Thank you for how you preserve me and keep me there. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so there are a couple of examples. You can use literally so many scriptures you can pick from and use. The Psalms are full of scriptures to give thanks from, but there are so many other scriptures. I want to encourage you to begin your prayer time with thanksgiving and praise, and especially from the word of God. The second uh, type of prayer that I, that I think is important for us to look at is the word of God in repentance. This is very, this is really powerful. In James 4 verse 6 to 7, it says, He gives more grace. This is God. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see, we need to understand as a church and as a people, we've got to submit to God before we resist the devil. We have to be submitted to the Lord, to his will and to his word. We have to be submitted because all authority is delegated authority. When I come in prayer to do warfare, the enemy is going to laugh at me if I'm not submitted to God because the only authority that I have is delegated authority. And if I'm not submitted to God's authority, I don't have authority. And so I must submit to God and resist the devil before he will flee from me. And part of that submitting to God is actually repenting and repentance. So it's really powerful, especially when the Holy Spirit has dropped a scripture in our hearts and we feel convicted by that scripture to take that scripture and begin to pray prayers of repentance and then make sure that our lifestyle follows the prayers of repentance that we've just prayed. And obviously with prayers of repentance, they can be individual, individual and they can also be identificational. And we see a beautiful example of identificational repentance uh, in Nehemiah 1 verse 4 to 7 when, where it says, So it was when I heard these words, this is Nehemiah, that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days and was fasting and praying for God. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servants, Moses. So this is a beautiful example of identificational repentance. When Nehemiah is coming before the Lord and saying, we have sinned against you. We have sinned. He probably hadn't committed this, all the sins that he was mentioning, but he was, it was identificational repentance. And so this is a beautiful example of what we can do as well on behalf of the nation, on behalf of our church, our families, and so on and so forth. But I want to encourage us 
to use the word in our prayers of repentance. The first example that I've got for us is that of Psalm 37. And it was so beautiful this past week in the Wednesday 4 a.m. prayer meeting that um, we basically prayed from Psalm 37. It was so powerful, such a powerful time of prayer. But I'm going to pick a few verses now and pray prayers of repentance from Psalm 37. Father, as I come before you today, I repent, Lord, where I have been envious of others' apparent success, where I have compared my progress, progress with theirs, Lord. I repent where I have fretted because of other people's apparent success when they have used means that are unbiblical, Lord. Today I choose to trust in you and do good. Today I choose to dwell in the land that you have placed me in and feed on your faithfulness, Lord. Today I choose to delight myself in you, knowing that you will give me the desires of my heart. And as I pray this, I ask that you would place in my heart the desires you have for my life. Yes, Lord God, I ask that you would forgive me, that you would cleanse me. I commit my way to you, Lord, and choose to trust in you, that you will bring forth my righteousness as the light and justice in the new, as, as the noonday. In Proverbs 16, Father, we learn that a man's heart can plan his way, but it is you who directs his paths, Lord. Today I choose to rest in you and to wait patiently for you, regardless of what other people are doing and experiencing. God, I thank you that those who wait on you will inherit the earth. You say that the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Father, I choose to submit myself and my strengths and my weaknesses to your will. I choose to trust in you. I ask that you would guard my heart and mind with your peace. Thank you, Lord, that the steps of a good man are ordered by you and you delight in his way. Order my steps, Lord God. May you cause me to walk and make progress upon my heights of responsibility. Broaden the path beneath my feet, Lord God. Cause me to walk in your paths for my life. And I thank you that though I fall, I shall not be cast down. For you uphold me with your hand. I choose to wait on you and keep your way. I know that you will exalt me to inherit what you have for me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's using Psalm 37 to craft a prayer of repentance and commitment, a consecration of self again to the Lord. Um, I have another example here from Isaiah 40, another prayer of repentance. If the shoe fits, you can wear it. If the hat fits you. Father, I have felt that my way is hidden from you. I have felt disregarded by you in my heart. And I have complained and murmured against you, Lord. I know that you are in the secret place and that there is no darkness too dark for you to see. We are told that in Psalm 139, Lord. So I thank you that my cause has not been disregarded by you, Lord. Please forgive me, Father, where I've sinned against you in my heart, where I've murmured and complained, Lord. Please forgive me and cleanse me. I acknowledge that you are the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Today I remember 
and choose to remember that you do not grow tired nor weary. Today, I thank you that your understanding is unsearchable and no one can fathom it. Thank you, Lord, that you tend your flock like a shepherd, that you gather the lambs in your arms and carry them close to your heart, and that you gently lead those that have young. Thank you that you give strength to the weary, that you increase the power of the weak. Even youths, Lord, grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength. Thank you for this promise, my Father. Your word says that these will soar on wings like eagles. These will run and not grow weary, that these will walk and not be faint. And so today I choose to bring my heart to a place of peace, to fix my heart upon your promises, Lord. I choose to wait upon you in faith and hope. I choose to remember your promises and to remind you of your promises in this season. I thank you, Lord, for a strengthening in my inner man, even right now. I thank you that as I wait upon you, Lord God, you will strengthen me and cause me to run and not grow weary in this race of life you have placed me in. And so I lift my eyes to you, Lord, acknowledging that my help comes from you, the maker of the ends of the earth. My help comes from you, Lord. Thank you that you are watching over my life, that you are watching over your word to perform it and fulfill it in and through my life. Help me to persevere. Help me to endure in faith. Help me to continue to hope in you. Lord, I hope in your goodness. I hope in your faithfulness. Lord, my hope is built upon your word, which is unfailing. Your word that always accomplishes that which it's sent to accomplish. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Another example, repentance, moving into some declarations and thanksgiving from that particular scripture. The third example of a type of prayer where we can use the word of God um, in it is the word in petition and supplication. Now, petition and supplication are really about asking. It's about asking God for things. And um, in Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So, we have that scripture from Jesus, instruction to petition to bring our supplications before him. Matthew 21, verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Wow. That's also Jesus. John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. There's that scripture again. 1 John 5, 14 to 15, this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions we've asked of him. There's that scripture again. Just our petition and supplication is asking him for things. And so um, I have a couple of examples. The first example for us, I'm going to be supplicating and um, praying from Proverbs 2. And so... Our Father, we hunger for your word. Help us to receive your word, Lord. Help us to treasure your commands within us. Help us to incline our ears to wisdom. Help us to apply our hearts to understanding, Lord. 
Oh, Father, we lift up our voices for understanding today. Help us to seek for these as for silver and search for them as hidden treasures. For it is then that we will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Lord, we know that it is you that you who gives wisdom. It is from your mouth that knowledge and understanding come. And so today we look to you for these, Lord. We ask for wisdom and knowledge and understanding. We know that you store up sound wisdom for the upright and then you, that you are a shield to those who walk uprightly. Lord, help us to walk uprightly. We know that it is you who guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of your saints. May we walk in these paths, Lord. Oh, that we would not turn aside from wisdom and knowledge and understanding that comes from you. We pray today, Lord, that discretion would preserve us. We pray that understanding would keep us to deliver us from the way of evil, from the man who is perverse, who leaves the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Lord, it is your wisdom and your word that keeps us from walking in these ways and doing evil. May you keep us from walking in crooked and devious paths, Lord. May you deliver us from idolatry. May you keep us from walking down paths that lead to death. May we walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness. We know that it is your word that helps us to do this. May we delight in your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beautiful scripture to pray from. Another scripture I love to pray out of is Ephesians. And there's so many prayers in the um, in the epistles, their prayers, apostolic prayers. I want to encourage you to search them out and, and use them in your times of prayer. But here is a prayer from Ephesians 1. Father, thank you that you blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Thank you for choosing us in you before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before you in love. Thank you that you predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thank you that this was in accordance with the good pleasure of your will. Thank you that you delight in adopting us as your children. Thank you that you've made us accepted in the Beloved. Thank you that we have redemption through your blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of your grace. I pray that you would grant to us, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. I pray that we might know the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ, when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is to be named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Powerful prayers from the epistles, and in that case from Ephesians 1. The fourth type of um, prayer that I'm wanting to encourage us to use the word in, and, and this is obviously where the context it's, it's, it's like it's God's will and it's, it's taken the context that we're declaring it into. Is, 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 it's, it doesn't violate any biblical 
principles. We can't name it, frame it, claim it if it violates a biblical principle. I can't name and claim somebody's husband when I'm married, okay? It goes against biblical principles. It's using these when it's in accordance with the will of God. Then we make declarations which are from Scripture, which we feel the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And it brings about a change. It brings about a shift. It brings about some type of creation, even some type of new life. It it brings about the purposes of God. It changes seasons, that type of thing. That's what happens with declarations and decrees. And an example of this that I'm sure many of you are familiar with is in Ezekiel 37, verse 1 to 14, where the hand of the Lord comes upon Ezekiel the prophet and brings him out in the spirit and sets him in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. And um, he views them all and he says there were many in the open valley and, he, and the Lord says to him, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel responds wisely and he says, Oh Lord God, you know. <laughs> and um, the Lord says to him, I want you to prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And, and that's exactly what Ezekiel does. And he, and he prophesies as the Lord instructed him. He says, Oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and put sinews upon you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And that's what he does. And he said, as he prophesied, there was a noise and a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone and the sinews and flesh came upon them and skin covered them. And he says, but there was no breath in them. And so the Lord told him to prophesy to the breath and, and told him what to say to the breath. And so Ezekiel prophesied and declared what the Lord told him to declare to the breath. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And as he prophesied, then breath came into all of these and they stood a great army. And, and the Lord continued to speak to him. But it's a picture of the power of declarations, of the power of the creative word. And of course, we also see the power of the creative word in Genesis when God, in Genesis 1, when God creates the earth and says, let there be, and it was so, and let there be, and it was so. Um, and so there's power in God's word. There's creative power in God's word. I love what Jesus says in Mark 11, verse 22 to 23. He's instructing his disciples and he says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So de declarations and decrees are powerful. And an example that I have that I, you will have heard me probably will have heard me pray from this particular scripture um, a number of times from Isaiah 45, verse 2 to 3. I, I love the scripture. You know, sometimes I feel something rising inside of me like, there's a breakthrough anointing that is required for a situation. And I'll just know that I need to use the scripture to make a declaration, to make a decree. And just say for a situation, say there's someone that is experiencing a closed door. They really believe that it's God's will that this door is open. And I'm standing with them and, and praying and, and praying in agreement. Just saying, Lord God, today we declare that you go before these people, this person, and make crooked places straight. Father, I thank you. 
and they just make declarations. We speak a, a breaking in pieces of the gates of bronze. We speak a cutting of the bars of iron. We declare straight paths for your feet. We declare and call forth treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places in this situation that you would know that God calls you by your name and is your God. So it's taking scriptures and making declarations and, and, and using them in that, in that manner. Um, another beautiful one is Psalm 5. Um, yeah, I was praying this for, for a certain person today. Father, I thank you as they go into that interview. I thank you that you bless them. Lord God, I declare today that you surround them with your favor as a shield. Thank you for your favor. I declare it. I decree your favor upon them, Lord God, even as they walk in your will. I thank you for your favor that will open that door, that will make a way for them, that will give them influence and um, cause them to walk in what you have for them. Just making declarations and using scriptures to, to pray. Um, a, a, a scripture that I particularly uh, love to use in praying for my children um, is 1 Samuel uh, 17 verse 37 and it's a promise that I believe God gave me and so these are the types of scriptures that you can use in declarations they're also the types of scriptures you can use in war which is the next type of prayer that I'm going to touch on but I've placed it here 1 Samuel 17 verse 36 to 7 36 to 37 this is the context of this is basically David is before Saul and Saul wants to give David his armor as he goes to fight Goliath, but David can't use Saul's armor. It's too heavy and it's untried. He's never used it before. And um, th this is the context where, where it's where this is happening. And, and Saul doesn't think that David is able to, to take down Goliath. And basically, um, uh, David, within this context, this whole context, says to Saul, you know what? I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And so I felt the Lord saying to me, the same Lord who delivered me from the giants that I have faced in my life and from the things the enemy sent against me in my life, that same God, he will deliver my children from the giants that they will face in their lives. And so I love to stand on this word, use it in war, and also declare it over my children. And so, Lord God, today I declare that the same God who delivered me from my giants is the same God who will cause my children to overcome the giants that beset them right now and going forward in their lives. I thank you that victory is their portion because you are the same God who delivered me and you are the same God who will deliver them in Jesus' name. Amen. Declarations and decrees. So powerful and very related to declarations and decrees is using the word in warfare. Um, and we are familiar, most of us are familiar of an example of this. It's when Jesus uh, came, he was filled with the Spirit. He's just been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan. And he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and tempted by the devil. And he fasted for 40 days and afterwards he was hungry. And the devil tempted him a number of times. 
And each time the enemy tempted him, Jesus responded. So I'll pick it up from verse 3 of Luke 4. Um, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So can you see that the enemy is coming and Jesus knows the scripture and he knows what he can use at the right time. Then it says that the enemy took him up on a high mountain and showed him um, all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment of time and said, all this authority I will give you and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I can give it to whomever I wish. If you worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him and said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And the third time, the same, a similar thing. The enemy tempted me, brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all all your ways. In their hands, they'll dash you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. See, the enemy also knows the word of God. He also he, he likes to quote it out of context or he likes to quote it in such a way that it's partly true and partly and there's a part of it which is untrue. So it won't be true um, in terms of the truth of the word of God. So, yes, he quoted a scripture. It is written. Yes, that it is written, you know, in Psalm 91. Yes. But Jesus answers and said to him, it is it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Jesus knew when where that scripture was applicable And it said, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And so when we are tempted, it's really, um, uh, it's an opportunity to raise that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God that Ephesians 6 speaks about and to use it in warfare. We see an example of the sword of the spirit, a picture of the sword of the spirit in warfare in Psalm 149 verse 5 to 9. It says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgments. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. So we can see in this particular scripture that being joyful, singing aloud, the high praises being in, my, in, our, in our mouths and a two-edged sword in our hands, that it does all of these things. It executes vengeance and punishments. It, it, it is spiritual warfare. Um, it executes the written judgments of the Lord. So this is really powerful picture of, of the power of using the word in warfare, especially when we're using it alongside all these other things that we can use, like praise and song and so forth. And the scripture in Ephesians 6 that I've been referring to is Ephesians 6, 17. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It is our offensive weapon in prayer. And we can also, we can use the word of God as in the Bible, the written, um, expressed, infallible word of God in warfare. Um, But we can also use prophecies and prophetic words that we've been given in warfare and obviously we can uh, apply those the rest of those in all these different types of prayer as well I can thank God with if you know from my prophetic word I can ask him from my prophetic word I can 
um, do all of these things, make declarations from my prophetic word. Um, but I want to encourage us that whatever we do or don't do with our prophetic words, we should wage war with our prophetic words. And we see this in 1 Timothy 1 verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made, that by them you wage the good warfare. So that's declaring them. That's um, decreeing them. That's calling them forth. That's asking God for it to happen. That is giving thanks to God for this word and for what, it's, what, what he's promised you. It's all of these things, standing on the word, praying through the word, declaring the word, decreeing the word. So important with our prophetic words. And I have a few examples in terms of praying the Bible, praying that type of word, um, uh, using this particular type of prayer, which is declarations and decrees. And I'm going to do it from Psalm 91. Um, it's such a powerful scripture to pray and to declare over our households for protection. Um, Father, I thank you that he who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, we declare today that you are our refuge, that you are our fortress, that this household tonight, this household, Lord God, we trust in you. Lord, we declare that you are the one who delivers us from any snare of the fowler, from any perilous pestilence, Lord. We declare that there will be no break-ins to our house, no natural or spiritual intruders. We declare that there will be no perilous pestilence nor disease that is allowed to come into our residence, to our household, to the inhabitants thereof. We declare, Lord God, that our covering is your feathers, that our refuge is your wings. We declare that your truth is our shield and our buckler. Lord, we are not afraid and we will not be afraid of terror by night, nor of arrow that flies by day, nor of pestilence, nor of destruction, Lord God. We declare that these things shall not come near our household, Lord God. We choose to make you our Lord, even the Most High, our dwelling place. Lord, we declare that no evil will befall us. No plague will come near this dwelling. Thank you today that you give your angels charge over us, Lord God, to keep us in all our ways. In their hands they will bear us up lest we dash our foot against a stone. Yes, Father God, thank you that you will deliver us, that you will set us on high because we have known your name. Thank you that as we call upon you, Lord, that you will answer us and be with us in trouble, that you will deliver us and honor us, and that you will bless us with long life and satisfy us in this way, Lord God. Thank you that you will show us your salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's just taking a psalm like that, giving thanks for what's applicable and declaring what's applicable. Say that you were given a prophetic word from, uh, I've got an, ex an example here, Isaiah 50 verse 4. Um, you can, it says, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season who, to him who is weary. And he awakens me morning by morning, awakening my ear to hear as the learned. So you can literally take that and thank the Lord for that and declare it over yourself. Lord, I thank you that you have promised me, that you have given me the tongue of the learned. I call forth the tongue of the learned over my life. I thank you, Lord, and I declare that you fill my mouth with your words. Lord, 
Today I declare that I shall know how to speak a word in season to him who was weary. I thank you, Lord God, that you will teach me how to do this. I thank you that you will give me your words in this season, Lord God. I thank you that you awaken me, Lord God, morning by morning. And I declare that my ear is awakening to hear as the learned. I speak an awakening of my ears to hear as the learned, an awakening that I might be this father to those that you desire me to be this to in Jesus name. Amen. So that is an example. And you can take any scripture that you believe God is giving you that speaks to your calling, your inheritance word. You can do the same over your family, over your children, over your church, over your business, your nation, whomever you're wanting to do it for. There's, there's so many options and, um, yeah, I want to encourage you to do that a bit more. The final type of prayer that I'm wanting to encourage us to use the word in is worship. Worship. Psalm 145 verse 5 says, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Psalm 119 verse 15 to 16. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And really as we worshiping God with his word and worshiping from his word, um, it can take us to deeper levels of worship where we are truly meditating on his splendor, when we truly meditating on him and bowing all that we are before all that he is, which is what worship truly is. And some examples of using um, some word to do this, I've picked Revelation 4 and 5, where um, the living creatures cry out before the Lord. And so I will use their prayer from those two chapters. Father, Father, as I come before you this evening, this morning, Whenever it is, Father, I, I declare, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty, the one who was, who is, and is to come. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. O Lord, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. So you can use these scriptures and repeat them and just go deeper and add other scriptures in, in your times of worship. Maybe have a time of worship where it's prayers of worship and see how that goes. Explore that um, rather than singing words that someone else has written. Uh, you can put some, maybe some soaking music in the background or maybe nothing, no music and go into a time of worship using scriptures and see if you can dig some wells in that particular area. Another scripture I have as an example is Psalm 145. Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. I will praise your name forever and ever. 
Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Your greatness is unsearchable, Lord. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. Oh, my Father, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your, on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and sing of your righteousness. Oh Lord, you are gracious and full of compassion. You are slow to anger and great in mercy. You are good to all and your tender mercies are over all your works. Your works shall praise you, O oh Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glorious majesty of your kingdom, Lord. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. In Jesus' name, amen. It's an example of taking a psalm and worshiping the Lord from that particular psalm. And I, I, I've, I've gone through it quite quickly, but what I love to do is just you take a, a, se a section, a verse, two verses, maybe a phrase, and you pray it, and you see if there's revelation that comes from other portions of Scripture, and you add it. And then you move on to the next verse, and you pray it, and you see if there are parts from other Scripture that add, and so on and so on. And you go through, and it, it's just digging deeper and deeper, and so precious and beautiful. Um, and I want to encourage you to, to, do, to do this. So, in conclusion, the Word of God is powerful. It's alive. It's extremely useful in prayer. It always accomplishes that which it's sent for. Remember that as you're praying over yourself, as you're praying over your children, as you're praying over situations, remember that it is alive and active. When you're dead and buried, the Word that you prayed over your children will still be alive. It will still be active. So it's powerful to pray the Word of God over these things and we can use it in various types of prayer and the ones that we discussed today include praise and thanksgiving, repentance, petition and supplication, declarations and decrees, warfare, worship. And um, as we are before God right now, before I close this message, I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you, I want to exhort you to purpose in your heart. Let's purpose in our hearts to utilize the Word of God in our prayers more and more. Let's purpose in our hearts to have a strategy for our prayer, to have a strategy. What are you going to pray for this day, that day, that day? When are you going to give thanks? Have some time for thanksgiving in all of your prayers. Maybe have a day of thanksgiving and try in all of these different um, aspects all of these different prayers that you pray in all these different days to include these different aspects and to include praying the word uh, and using the word in all of these different types of prayer. Let's close. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the richness of it. Thank you for how useful and versatile it is. May you take us deeper in your word as we go deeper in using your word in prayer. May you cause the word to be hidden in our hearts, Lord. May you cause us to have revelation from your word, even as we pray it, Lord God. Take us to new levels. And for those 
that have purposed in their hearts today to utilize the word in prayer more. May there be such grace. May there be such a delight, such an enjoyment, such a fulfillment, such an ease as they do this. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.